Try to keep up, all right? Miami is losing backup quarterback Jake Garcia to the transfer portal. Meanwhile, former Miami verbal commit Jaden Rashada is, and I don't blame him, backing out of his commitment to Florida. Could there be a reunion there, or has the ship sailed on Jaden Rashada to Miami? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Jake Garcia leaving Miami at the transfer portal. It's not surprising that it happened. Because my understanding is Garcia very likely would have gone into spring as the third quarterback behind even Jakari Brown and obviously behind Tyler Van Dyke. Not saying he couldn't have played his way back into the second spot. Very unlikely he would have played his way into a starting job. So it's not surprising that Jake Garcia is hitting the portal, honestly. It's just a little surprising that he's doing it like at the very end of the deadline to enter the portal because the timing isn't great for Miami, okay? If Garcia had entered the portal in early December, Miami would have had all this time to focus on veteran targets in the transfer portal, and I think they need to do that now. At the same time, I wish Garcia all the best. Great young man. I want to see him get a chance to play and start somewhere because I don't think he was going to get that at Miami. Um, You know, just because his timing wasn't great for me or it wasn't great for Mario Cristobal, you know, There's always a reason for everything, and I hope he's doing the right thing for him. Let's bring on our very good pal who's going to help us break down everything going on, including Jaden Rashada now being back out there. John Garcia Jr., lead recruiting analyst here for the Locked On College channel. John, how you been, sir? I'm doing well. Just trying to keep up. Uh, Just the quarterback movement alone is enough to to keep any college football fan busy. So just trying to keep up. There's already been commitments here on Wednesday morning. So it it really is that crazy time of year and quarterback movement, of, of course, drives it all. I want to remind everyone that when John Garcia Jr. joins us, if I can speak correctly, he is brought to you as always by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So as uh, was initially reported a week ago, uh, on three jumped the gun by about a week that Jaden Rashada was going to be asking Florida for a release from his national letter of intent. And based on the way the story has been reported, I do not blame the young man one bit. Um, I felt like, John, I was a little bit too harsh on Rashada when these rumors started to surface last week. I didn't have a full grasp of the situation. I feel like I blamed the drama on Rashada and his father and his entourage. But if you get promised a $13 million NIL deal and then they just decide to tear it up at the last minute because they can't pay it or are unwilling to pay it, how do I blame the young man? If you're promised a certain dollar figure and then they can't follow through on that, I I, I can't blame Rashada for this anymore, John. Yeah, totally understandable in that aspect. But look, there's a lot going on. There always has been with this recruitment. Um, And and yeah, it's not certainly all on on his shoulders, even though, of course, it's his name that is being kind of moved around and, and, uh, you know, 
opined upon a plenty here uh, in the last few weeks. But yeah, it's the adults. Uh, it always is. It usually is, I should say, uh, especially when things don't kind of seem right. Like, hey, what is going on? Like, if there is unknown elements, it's usually the adults in the room. There's lawyers involved. Obviously, NIL collectives. It's it's kind of the whole combination of what is new and still very uncharted from a recruiting standpoint, right? And I think he is going to be one of those case studies when we look at the scope of NIL where it's like, yes, it can be great, but on the front end and how it correlates to recruiting can be incredibly complicated. And I think that's probably the best word I could use uh, for uh, Jaden's situation and, and everyone around him. So you certainly wish him well going forward. Not easy. Uh, the timing, if you thought the timing was bad for Jake Garcia, the timing for Jaden Rashad is really tough relative to grabbing a spot because not only have all the other elite 2023 quarterbacks signed, but you know, 15 or 20 very good college quarterbacks have claimed spots via the yeah. transfer portal that could now theoretically affect Rashada's status uh, in spring or thereafter at whatever school he ends up at. So a fascinating but tough situation uh, to dig through. There's a sense that he's probably going to end up back on the West Coast where he's from. Um, the Cal Bears were in early and often on him. Uh, I think Oregon, Washington, a bunch of schools in that corridor would make a lot of sense uh, for Jaden Rashada. Obviously, Kenny Dillingham was was having Oregon high on his list. He's now the head coach at Arizona State. They need a lot of stuff there at ASU following the Herm Edwards era. Uh, so that would make some sense as well from a developmental standpoint. Um, but, of course, he was committed to Miami. So there's at least, especially with the timing of Jake Garcia's departure, whether it was expected or not, it is worth at least exploring, in my opinion, if you're Mario Cristobal. And he was really the one who spearheaded this recruitment. Um, obviously, offense coordinator Josh Gaddis, quarterbacks coach Frank Ponce all had their elements of the Jaden Rashada recruitment. But really, this was a crystal ball deal. It started at Oregon and obviously evolved in route to Rashada committing to Miami uh, there, I believe, uh, in the month of June or, or maybe early uh, July over the summer. So that could be something to explore. But again, just like with Jake Garcia, how much does Ponce's departure affect all of this? How much do the rumors around Josh Gaddis affect mm. all of this uh, from a quarterbacking standpoint, whether it's Miami trying to grab a late 2023 edition like a Jaden Rashada or a portal quarterback, if, if that is going to be the plan and pivot here going forward. How much does one departure and one potential departure really affect all of that? I think the timing is tough for Miami on both fronts because of those unknown variables. So um, oh, never a dull moment at the quarterback position. Uh, but when you look at Miami right now, you feel like, okay, Tyler Van Dyke and Brown, clear one-two there. And yeah. then freshman Emery Williams is on campus. No drama there. He's enrolled. <laughs> he's moved in. There, there were there was some silence from his camp at the end of the recruiting cycle that got Miami fans a little worried, but he never wavered despite some overtures from some SEC and ACC schools closer to the Gulf Coast. So that was good for Miami to hang on there despite uh, the, these coaching situations that are going on. So, you know, at least three quarterbacks are on board from a scholarship perspective, and that's kind of the number. That's the number you have to either get to or trim to in some cases. So at least in that regard, Miami should be in good shape from a number standpoint going into the spring. Yeah, you know, you you talked about uh, the biggest question that we've been getting here on Locked on Canes for, you know, 
the last several hours, but even going back to last week when it looked like Rashada was going to be trying to exit as gracefully as he possibly could from his Florida Gators commitment, would Miami kick the tires again? Now, um, I've been seeking as much feedback as I possibly can in the reporting community on this, John. And the general consensus tends to be probably not that it wouldn't happen, but the feelings on why it wouldn't happen differ. Some people think, you know, that the fact that Rashada was committed in the summer, then decommitted in November, maybe he burned the bridge. You know, I hear that getting thrown around. Other people tell me, you know what? No, you take the emotions completely out of it that, you know, there, there really are no bridges to be burned in the recruiting game. And I respect that as well. But I, another way that I look at it, John, is I think the situation with Miami's freshman quarterbacks, I think in Mara Cristobal's perspective has changed since the summer because summer is when both Emory Williams and Jaden Rashada has committed. And the season that Emory had at Milton high school has only reinforced how much the staff likes Emory Williams and how highly they think of him, right? Because when the two of them, Rashada and Williams, committed last summer, Rashada was really the headliner and Emory mm -hmm. Williams was like, oh yeah, we also got this guy. But then he his stock has only been rising even higher, his Williams. So now uh, I think the staff is really comfortable in Emory Williams being a quarterback of the future. So I, I think honestly right there, and when you're talking about the big NIL money it would obviously take to get Rashada back here, you know, they might be thinking, you know, we don't really need another freshman in this class because we love the guy we've got. That's a great point. Um, yeah, look, Emory Williams out through Jaden Rashada every single day at the Elite 11 finals when, when we were out there in California. He had the better event. Uh, and in some cases, he had the better senior season. Um, he's bigger. Uh, he's more filled out and physical right now than Jaden Rashada. And he presents more of a, a running threat than Jaden Rashada, who's really a classic kind of Pac-12 pocket passer. Now, he's got one of the best arms in the country and yeah. the smoothest delivery maybe in the country, but really it's a more classic skill set relative to what Emory Williams can develop into as, as maybe that true modern spread quarterback. So I think one-to-one -one you understand why there is some comfort with Williams being on campus already. And look, so much has changed, as you mentioned. When you bring in those two quarterback commitments, you feel great about their long-term potential because you've got a couple guys ahead of them on the current roster that you know are going to sit and develop. But remember, when they committed, Tyler Van Dyke was like a first-round draft you know, prospect being mocked everywhere yeah. as a first-round quarterback in this great NFL quarterback year. Obviously, uh, Wednesday was the deadline for early entrance to the NFL, and Tyler Van Dyke is not on that list. So things have changed in, in basically every way, shape, and form relative to Miami's quarterback room before you even get to the names of the quarterbacks and the names of the people who will be coaching said quarterbacks. So all of that is flipped. So it leads me to think with Rashada in particular, it's Mario's call. This mm -hmm. is one where it, do you pick up the phone or do you not in, in Mario's case and if you do, what are you selling exactly with, with the uncertainty on the coaching staff today? That will change by spring ball. It might change in the next couple of days for all we know. But right now, as we record on, on January 18th, Dono, what are you selling beyond yourself as a great recruiter and great coach of Mario Cristobal? What else are you selling uh, at the position? And I think those circumstances might even make it tough for even – a known recruiter like Mario to get it done. So it just seems like all things breaking even, it will be mm. easier to just move on and either focus on the transfer portal or start 
really turning the page to the 2024 recruiting cycle where all of a sudden those quarterback dominoes are starting to fall earlier than than most of us had anticipated. So it really is one of those, hey, the ball is in the court of the head coach, the guy calling the shots anyway. So we'll see what Mario plans on doing here over the next couple of days. But we assume Florida will let Rashada out of that letter of intent because, um, you know, it's already been kind of a PR storm, for lack yeah. of a better term, that starts with an S. So I do think he'll get out of that LOI and eventually end up back on the West Coast. Or, hey, don't count out Dion. Don't mm. count out schools mm-hmm. and coaches that are are willing to take late shots. Hey, can uh, so. I pitch you a billion-dollar reality TV idea? And if Dion Sanders, if you're watching, so you get, you get Rashada and Cormani at Colorado. You make them roommates, and you just have the cameras on 24 hours a day, and you do a spinoff. Like, you do a spinoff of Coach Prime with Rashada yeah. and Cormani rooming with one another, and that's the show. That's right, right there. That's what America wants right. to see. That's great. It's, yeah, exactly. People want to see. And that's the thing. Both of those kids, ironically enough, you know, at one point, both committed to Miami. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if either ends up at Miami. But both kids have so much intrigue around them because they don't let people in. Right. So the, Cormani doesn't say anything. And Jaden barely, especially since that that initial fiasco in the summer, which was another NIL situation. And that's why he was, he'll tell you elite 11 day one. He was a dud. I mean, he Mm -hmm. looked like he didn't want to be there. The body language was awful. If he missed a throw, he was cursing himself out. This kid has dealt with so much that he started to shut down. He was very talkative before that started to shut down thereafter. So yeah, people just want to know who these guys are beyond blue chip, great football players that command a lot of attention uh, as recruits. I love it. So we do have uh, I do have another question about Miami's quarterback situation. And also, John brought it up, 20, 2024 recruiting. There are some quarterbacks on Miami's radar, and, and I want to talk about one of them. Also, Miami's got a couple of five-star visitors for the class of 2024 coming in this weekend. you got the battle seven-on-seven seven this weekend, so there's a lot going on. There's also a lot going on at Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Folks, you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football as we're marching through the playoffs now, soccer, pro basketball, hockey. We've got it all at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today, as I do every day, or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Make sure you make the newest show on the channel, Locked On College Basketball, with experts Andy Patton and Isaac Shade. Make that your second listen. The guys do a fantastic job. Locked On College Basketball, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Alex Dono here on Locked On Canes alongside John Garcia Jr., our recruiting expert. Uh, So, John, um, you know, we obviously we're seeing talking about quarterbacks, quarterback recruiting has got to be interesting right now because you don't have a quarterbacks coach at the moment. And rumors are swirling over the future of your offensive coordinator, who I'll say it on record. I believe he is going to be on the way out. Uh, We have enough evidence. He's taking interviews elsewhere, talking about Josh Gaddis. I do not think he's going to be Miami's offensive coordinator in 2023. 
Um, what, what's the latest buzz there, John? And, and how hard is it like to recruit a guy like an Aaron Noland when you don't know who his position coach or coordinator could be? Look, uh, th- there's a lot. There's a lot to that to that question. Um, it's very tough when you don't know the scheme and situation. But look, this is recruiting. Uh, it's always fluid. So there's always something to sell. And again, as we talked about last segment, when Mario's making these calls, he's going to have the advantage over most other head coaches. And Aaron Nolan in particular is one that has kind of gone through the business end of this thing. I, I think on the front end of his recruitment, it was very SEC laden. Look, he's an Atlanta kid, Langston Hughes High School, just unbelievable last couple of years for him in particular. This was kind of an SEC recruitment. South Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn was was trending for quite some time. And he's dealt with coaching changes and coordinator changes at, at two of those three schools to the point where now he's kind of resetting. So it's a mm. good time for Miami to get involved here because he is not necessarily – taking steps three, four, and five as a recruit. He's one of the few 2024 QBs that are really slowing it down. One, because he has the value and that leash to be able to do so as an elite dual threat and one of the better dual threats in the class. But secondarily, because these dominoes are still falling, whether it's 24 quarterbacks, offensive coordinators, and these other head coaches that are settling in. So take Auburn, for instance, with Hugh Freeze, what does that even look like now going mm-hmm. forward for Aaron Nolan? Yeah. Um, Ohio State has begun recruiting him. So this thing is a total reset for him, and I think that's good for Miami. It's going to buy them some time to get all of their ducks in a row uh, so that pitch can become a little bit more clear and concise to an Aaron Nolan, who, who has, again, talked about programs as programs more so than scheme fits and all of those things. So he's already got this kind of mature understanding of, these things aren't quite settled everywhere. So let's allow that to happen before you move on and take bigger steps as a recruit. Now, not every recruit is going through the process that way, uh, especially at the quarterback position, because there is a bit of an urgency. A lot of these top guys are starting to to come off the board in the class of 2024. So that will be fascinating to track relative to when the dust settles at Miami and what that quarterback board, how it updates, how it looks when these coaches um, continue to hit the road uh, ahead of spring ball. With somebody like uh, Aaron Noland, uh, John mentioned Langston Hughes High School. Um, it, it can only help Miami's case that a, a Langston Hughes teammate of his, Joshua Horton, the defensive tackle, he's on his way to Miami. He's a class of 2023 signee. So when we, we talk about trying to establish pipelines, at least he can lean on his former high school teammate to let him know, hey, this is what's going on at Miami. Hundred uh, percent. I think when when you have somebody you know intimately like that, a teammate, a high school teammate on a very good team, uh, it brings you just unbelievable and, and unmatched access to that program. So those phone calls are are more real. Uh, they're, they're much more interesting, I would assume, when it comes to communication, because now you're getting the the real nitty gritty of what it's like to practice and go to class and, and kind of the non-glamorous moments of becoming a power five college football player. Now, luckily for air Langston Hughes was loaded on both sides of the ball this past year. Yeah. So he's got teammates at Ohio state. He's got teammates at Auburn. I mean, he's got teammates all over the place, including Miami. So he's going to be able to have that intimate access through several programs that are on his radar at this point. And I think, again, that will help to bridge the gap between now and when all of these coaching staffs are settled and these schemes 
uh, and plans can start to you know become finalized uh, at these respective schools. But there's no doubt when you have that type of access, it changes how you view the program because you're getting more true information as opposed to recruiting pitches from from players. A lot of recruits lean on players on visits. But what are these kids going to tell you when they know you're a priority recruit? They're probably going to pump some sunshine your way. But when you have a relationship with a player on that roster, you can get it beyond the visit. You can get it whenever you want it, you know, kind of all access. There's no rules against communication uh, between current players and and prospective student athletes. So you want to tap into that as much as possible. And by all indication, Nolan will do that. So uh, this weekend, uh, Miami's getting a visit. Now, there's going to be a lot of top prospects uh, in South Florida this weekend for the battle seven-on-seven. This player is not participating in that, but he is visiting five-star defensive lineman Camarion Franklin. Uh, Obviously, we want Miami to be continually loading up the line of scrimmage. What can you tell me about this player who seems like one of the hottest prospects for 2024? Yeah, this is this is your big hybrid defensive lineman that can occupy the interior or get after the passer so much so that through his junior season, he's already set the school sack record there at Lake Coromount in Mississippi. And that's the other thing. This is a Mississippi kid, right? Very tough, very tough to pull elite prospects out of that state, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. But it has been done. So the formula there is get them on campus early and often and, and kind of stay on it. And I do think coming off of this elite recruiting class of 2023, Miami's going to have some momentum with some elite 2024 prospects, both inside the footprint and outside the traditional Miami footprint. So when you're the number one player in Mississippi, you're, you're going to field interest from everybody. And Franklin is beginning to reciprocate that uh, at some schools. But look, he's not this well-traveled kid. He's very much stayed in that kind of SEC box from a visit perspective. So this one will be a nice counter to a lot of those campuses and small college towns. So it'll be interesting to see how a Mississippi kid will take in South Florida, take in Coral Gables in particular. That could be an interesting X factor and wrench into the plans at this stage. Uh, But look, he's got a top 10. Miami's in that top 10. It's not like this is a program that is coming out of left field to host him and and try to court him in in that respect. But yeah, it's it's very SEC and and ACC laden thereafter. I think every school in that top 10 is in the Southern footprint. I think beyond Michigan. I think Michigan is kind of Mm -hmm. the only geographical outlier. Everyone else is in that, you know, Texas to the Carolinas corridor. So it looks like Franklin will stay closer to home more likely than not, but it's still early. There's no indication that he's ready to trim his list further. There's no indication that he's ready to cut things down and make a decision. Uh, I think that top 10 came out like in the last few weeks. So it's not like he is progressing that far in the recruiting process. And that's an advantageous time for Miami to to shoot its shot uh, with that visit and, and really try to prioritize him and, and make him feel um, like the priority recruit that I'm sure he is on Miami's board. And of course, on that side of the ball, there's no, there's no drama, right? You expect kind of a traditional full court press from Miami there, Cristobal uh, on down to defensive uh, assistance. Coming up next, uh, I have an update on one of Miami's top transfer portal targets at wide receiver who is going through his process. And I think the latest update on this player may be good news for a different school and, you know, May not be the best news for Miami. We'll get to that and more here on Locked on Canes. 
Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So a priority target for Miami in the transfer portal is USC wide receiver Gary Bryant Jr., who recently took a visit to Miami. Uh, That was the visit where he says he had a great visit despite (laughs) the fact that his offensive coordinator slash wide receivers coach, uh, Josh Gaddis, was not there and didn't have any impact in the visit, which is one of the clues we're looking at as to why Gaddis might be on the way out. Uh, now, we've known Gary Bryan is in no hurry because he's finishing out this coming semester at USC. He doesn't plan to commit anywhere in the coming days or weeks, so he's going through all his visits. But, John, it sounds like, according to Greg Biggins on the Bruins report, Uh, It sounds like his visit to UCLA was spectacular. Uh, So this is what the father of Gary Bryant uh, told uh, this uh, UCLA reporter, quote, it was an eye opener. The offense really fits him to a T and they see Gary making an impact as a slot receiver and on special teams. There is a lot of opportunity there. They have no one like him on the roster. The quarterback room is intriguing too. the cream will rise to the top, but it was a really beautiful visit. So, yeah, after visiting Miami, Gary, Gary Bryant Jr. visited UCLA uh, and, and he's still uh, I believe he's got more visits scheduled. Uh, t- uh, he's going to visit Arizona next. I know he's got a visit scheduled for Texas A&M as well. Is, is there any buzz on where this player may, en- may end up? The the plan all along here is is for him to take all five visits. And this mm. is, again, as we talked about last time, as calculated a portal kid as, as we've seen. Right. He yeah. elected to sit out and redshirt in 2022 on a potential playoff team, no less. So this departure has been discussed and calculated and decided upon for a very long time. So naturally they want to be thorough and do all due diligence in the recruiting process. So two visits are down, as you mentioned, at least three are are, are TBD. Uh, We thought A&M was going to get a visit before UCLA. Those plans changed. And look, he's a Southern California guy. So naturally a little easier uh, to get to Westwood than College Station. So we'll see how the rest of the trips turn out. I do think, again, from a Miami perspective, it's not the worst thing in the world that the timeline is not accelerated, right? Because, yeah. again, there are uncertainties. Josh Gaddis was the de facto receivers coach, correct? Yes, so he was, yeah. if that dust remains unsettled and he did not connect with Gaddis on the visit, then we need to see how – far this thing can go from the Miami perspective uh, because Bryant needs that. Uh, Again, this camp is talking about Sundays. They're talking about the league. So they're talking about truly making an impact somewhere in 2023. And if all your ducks aren't in a row during that pitch, not that you would say no to any elite prospect making a visit request, you are going to be a little bit behind the eight ball. And it does appear like Miami's maybe taking a step back just in one week uh, in the Gary Bryant chase. But luckily for the U, it's one that's going to go on for quite some time as he takes uh, and tries to navigate the logistics of, of those final three visits. I like it. John Garcia does an awesome job as always. Follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior. John, thank you so much, my friend. And uh, maybe the news cycle will slow down a little bit. We can get back to sleep at some point because I haven't slept in a few days. Sounds good, Donald. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 
Always. So, guys, thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen. For your second listen, make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball. Our experts, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade, bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.